Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's 1233 at Edmonton. Uh, let's go to our Ashley Fine Floors text line for a second. Bob, David Staples is a great addition to your show. Thank you. You should also have McCurdy on. They should both replace Burke and Friedman. Cheers from David. David, that is not happening. That's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> okay. I love having David Staples on, but we're not replacing Brian Burke and Elliot Friedman. Okay. So forget about it. Oh, man. I love it. Everybody's got an opinion. That's a wonderful thing about today. Uh, you can again text us on our Ashley Fine Floors line, uh, text line 780-496-0063. We go to our Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. He picked a heck of a week to get out of Dodge to get out of New York City and get a little alone time. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How are you? I felt like Rome was burning behind me on the way out of town, Bob. Yeah, uh, it's been a pretty interesting couple of weeks here. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, the sort of the genesis of where, I mean, going back to Don Cherry three weeks ago, uh, an unfortunate uh, end to Don's career, who, from a hockey analyst perspective, you know, he'd, he'd sort of moved really away from talking about hockey and more about social issues. And he's got his supporters and his fans. And we've sort of discussed that a bit. Uh, Mike Babcock, we've known what Mike's been about for a while. I was unaware, I don't know about you, but unaware of that story about Mitch Marner, but that is uh, crazy stuff. Now, he did apologize. And then what's happened here in the last 48 hours involving Bill Peters. Uh, we're pretty clearly headed down an inevitable path on that one, and that's just uh, it's just an ugly story and not uh, not cool. So uh, that said, we've still got to get 100% full confirmation, uh, though I do trust the work of Frank Cervelli. He's a very credible reporter. But just uh, a quick thought from your perspective, if you want to uh, shed any insight on it. Well, you never like to hear it. Um, the allegations are serious. I think that the Calgary Flames have addressed it properly. I certainly did not think that Bill should uh, coach the next game, not because uh, he did or didn't do something, but just because you have information where you need you need to conduct a thorough investigation. You need to get to the bottom of it. And suspending him, so to speak, from coaching the next game was the right move. Now we got to see what the final outcome is. A lot of people rush to judgment, in my opinion. I get that in today's world. Uh, it's not good. I'm not defending anybody other than I do defend fair process. And if Bill gets that, as I believe he is now, and it's determined that some of these things did happen, then there's very likely, in my opinion, that he will be let go along with yeah. you know, Don Terry for specific remarks. Mike Babcock was was not because of the Mitch Marner incident, but that certainly, you know, was something that didn't look favorable upon Mike. And uh, ultimately, uh, change has been going on for a long time in the NHL. This is just a little bit of a crescendo in terms of 
three events happening rapidly together. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised because I don't think people realize how much change has happened at the NHL, certainly from the days when I played, but even in the last 10 years, in my opinion, the culture is getting much better. Um, things are being cleaned up that should have been a while ago, and I think it's better for the game. Well, I mean, full disclosure, uh, I have very little time for people that believe in breaking people down and building them up. And I think there's a, there's a generation of coaches that believe that's how you got the most out of players, Brian. And I think we're at a way better yeah. place than that right now. I agree. That's my main point. I played, you know, roughly 500 games in the NHL. Uh, had some really good people that were coaches, kind people. But I would say the majority of them believed in exactly what you just said. I could give specific examples. They certainly weren't as abhorrent as, as we've seen lately or has been alleged lately. But I can remember going to Boston where I grew up and playing pretty well for a month or two and having the coach come to me and scratch me because he thought it would make me mentally tougher to, to remove me from the game in front of my friends and family. I thought that was absolutely idiotic at the time. Didn't understand it. That was the culture back then. Um, we're seeing that it's not perfect today, but I will strongly suggest being around a lot of these coaches. A lot of them being uh, friends, not all of them, that there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things that uh, are better and continue to get better, and I'm happy about that. Well, you've, I mean, you've also represented players, and I know you would not want the players that you represented when you were an agent ever to be bullied or intimidated. Uh, how many like, were there times where, where you had to reach out to organizations, managers, or have a direct conversation with the coach and say, "What the hell's going on here?" There are times, specifically when I had to tell at least one general manager that what he had done was against the law and that it would be corrected and we would never discuss it again. And I won't go into what that was, um, but that is a factual <laughs> example of something that went sideways, and I don't know how to classify that other than to say it was way out of bounds. We had the discussion. It was as long as I just said, and it was never spoken about again. Yeah. Um, and I I sort of referenced, you know, it's funny because uh, the last two years of Rod Phillips' career, I did the color with Rod, and he talked about when Claire Drake left the Alberta Golden Bears to coach the Edmonton Oil Kings, and it did not go well. Claire, you know, wanted specific things done in practice. This is in the mid-1970s. Claire was not a yeller and screamer. Claire did not believe, and he's now, of course, in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's no longer with us, but he he, he didn't believe in uh, belittling players. Um, and I would argue he was probably ahead of his time. <laughs> and that's part of the reason why he didn't sustain himself as a uh, as a, as a coach of the Edmonton Oilers in the WHA. Um, so on, on that note, I mean, are we maybe seeing firsthand with Edmonton what a and I don't mean to disrespect any of the previous coaches that are here, but you were the guy that told us weeks before he was announced, Brian, as head coach, that Dave Tippett was going to be the head coach, that he was not a defensive head coach, and that he's got a history of getting the most out of his players, and that will bode well for Edmonton. So is there something in his approach that works for today's hockey and today's player? 
the thing that works for Dave best, knowing him well, is that he has great respect for everybody. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're Connor McDavid or the 23rd player on the roster. He understands what goes into getting to the level you're at. Uh, he doesn't take cheap, cheap shots at people. He is in the business of motivating them, but it won't be through denigration or embarrassment. There's other ways to motivate players. You know, one thing we used to say in, in Tampa with our coaches is, look, you know, as the general manager, I would sit down and say, and I learned this from Dale Callen, to be fully transparent. I had a conversation with Dale about it once. We don't yell at the players in public. We don't denigrate them on the bench ever. There's ways to work with people that are more progressive than that, and we think in the end the results are better. We're all in a results-oriented business. People thought for the longest time that mistreating players was a way to motivate them. We have learned that that is not the case. That is not the only uh, only club in the bag in terms of getting players to, to buy in play better. Dave Tippett realizes that players want to play for him. I was incredibly impressed just by a small gesture the other day when Edmonton was in Arizona and they ran a tribute for the coach. That doesn't happen enough in the National Hockey League. I think we'll see more of that in the future, but that speaks to the character of Dave Tippett. Well, I'll bring up another example, uh, and that's with Sam Gagne. I mean, the, the Oilers had a mom's trip, and the players were told every player will play in one of the two games. And so the Oilers bombed, uh, went into uh, Anaheim, and they smoked them. They kicked the snot out of them. They beat them 6-2. to two. It was a, a lopsided game. And three changes were made, and Sam Gagne was one of the players that was implemented in the lineup. And he actually played okay against San Jose, but the Oilers lost. They weren't very good against the Sharks, and they lost that game 5-2. And there was some stuff that went on during the game, and Dreisaitl got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty as the ref circled by the Oilers bench four separate times, which drives me personally nuts. Uh, but long story short, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been dealing, as you know, with a hand issue for a while. And the Oilers targeted a week, this specific week, because there's only really one game over a five-day stretch to get him a little bit of a break. And Sam got put back in the lineup, uh, you know. And lo and behold, Brian, his line was fantastic <laughs> with James Neal and Alex Chase on. And then on the three-on-three, -three, Sam Gagne is on the ice with Ethan Bear and Darnell Nurse. And I'm thinking to myself... If the coach is communicating to the guys, we're going to need everybody at certain times. Is there not a better uh, reinforcement of that in that situation in terms of how Tip handled the player that he's had before in Sam Gagne? I think so. And, and you know, I talk a lot about Tip, but it's, it's really not that fair to exclude Ken Holland either. I mean, he's the guy that obviously chose Tip, but more importantly, those two have the same vision. And they actually, uh, their actions carry out their vision and their thoughts in terms of how they treat people. Sam Gagne was sent to the minors. A lot of guys, you know, get, getting sent to the minors when you're a player that scored eight points in the National Hockey League game <laughs> and it made millions of dollars is never an easy experience. But these guys realize it's, they're not mad at the players. Sometimes the business dictates you know, tough messages to players. It's how it still matters, or it matters more how you deliver those messages. 
a lot of players on, in other organizations would have got that message, and they'd be done ever playing in the organization again. And and some of the managers wouldn't care, or some of the coaches specifically wouldn't. That's just wrong. Uh, Dave Tippett recognizes it takes a village to win in this league. Um, there's no use alienating people. Ken Holland knows that. Ken Holland could have picked up four or five guys by now off for waivers. But they've committed to a certain strategy. They've put it out there. They've told guys what they're going to do. And rather than disappoint or disillusion them, they've done exactly what they said. And that's really powerful, super powerful for building a team and motivating a group in one direction. I'm not saying the Oilers are going to win the Cup this year or anything. I'm just saying they're having a much better season because they're hitting on every one of these small points that never gets talked about on talk radio or television or anywhere else. It's the little things that can have a big impact. And as an organization, as a management team, they're top-notch right now, and I don't feel like I could always say that with sincerity about some of the things that transpired in Edmonton in the past. Are you surprised, Brian, at the ability of some teams to go on ridiculous runs right now uh, you know, Dallas, I know they lost last night to Chicago, but they're like 13-1-1 in their last 15 games. The Islanders lost finally the, the other night in Anaheim. They went 15-0-2 in 17 games. Now, both those clubs have two goaltenders. And and I'm serious about this. Like, they, they have a really good 1B goaltender. Is there? It, it, do you think that might be part of the process as to why it, it, teams are able to maybe sustain things is because they have better backup options especially given the state of the new nhl and you know we, we got teams monitoring flights and practice lengths and um you know there's i don't know how many goaltenders are really great at start so on that front do you think goaltending i mean we know goaltending always has something to do with it but maybe a different approach to goaltending by having two you know pretty good goalies instead of one you know, elite guy and then a, a B guy that's only good to start 10 games a year? Uh, I absolutely think it matters. Bob, I think in the past you've seen the team go on a run like that and they ride their number one goalie until basically he just dies on you in the game. And you give one up, you know you got no chance to win it. Teams are that are going on these runs have more flexibility in the net. They're getting solid efforts, efforts where you don't see the goaltender giving a game away before a team can get its feet under them, and I think that's making a difference. I also think all those organizations are pretty strong in the areas we're talking about. It's not just Edmonton that's doing a great job. Certainly, Lou Amarillo and Barry Trotz have been amazing as a tandem management-wise, their whole staff. Uh, Jim Montgomery and Jim Mill showed a lot of character, and being an absolute joke for about two and a half weeks in terms of record, and not jokes of individuals because they're quality, quality people. And uh, the only, we had Jim Montgomery on the network the other day and we teased him. We said, it's so great to have you on, Jim. You're such a genius now. What's changed from three weeks ago? And he said nothing, <laughs> Brian, other than we started to get everybody on the same page. We started to get some bounces. Our goaltenders given us great uh, games night in and night out and all of a sudden it's coming together. The league is so close now, it still does surprise me that we've seen these teams go on as long a run as they have because there is still an element of chance in a hockey game on any given night, 
as you know as well as anybody, Bob. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to go next. I mean, Florida's had two four-goal rallies in two weeks. Uh, you know, uh, the Rangers the other night came back from 4 nothing down in Montreal. So a lot better than when if, if you were up 2-1 going into the third period, it was done. It was over. We're in a way better place game-wise, aren't we? I think we are. I think the game is incredibly exciting. We've already surpassed the record for four-goal comebacks. Um, that says a lot about the competitive balance. But really, other than, you know, Detroit, who's maybe trailing the pack overall, the difference from top to bottom in the league is as close as I've ever seen it. Uh, Ottawa surprised people. You know, New Jersey's had their struggles, but they found ways to win their game. I know they lost for a while last night but or a night ago, but overall, uh, the league is it's closer than it's ever been. No, but nobody's out of it yet, technically from what we learned about St. Louis last year. And that's kind of, I think, what the NHL is going for. Um, it certainly makes it exciting on a nightly basis, but I don't know you know, how anybody can be a dynasty in today's world right now. I know the Edmonton Oilers are situated as well as anybody to potentially do that, and yet you can see the difficulties that teams have with the salary cap and managing it and getting the right players at the right number at the right time in their careers. Brian, we appreciate you taking time to join us on a bit of a holiday. We'll touch base next Wednesday, okay? <laughs> Always my pleasure, Bob. And uh, you're saving me from the rain in Mexico today. So thank you. There we go. Uh, indeed. That is for Touchback Safety, our headliner, Brian Lawton. It's 1251. Imagine that. You go down for a little bit of fun and sun in Mexico and you get rained on. They're getting pounded in California. Uh, it is U.S. Thanksgiving weekend. And, man, oh, man, there's stuff going on uh, weather-wise. Crazy stuff. And, uh, again, the orders flew into a, a city yesterday that had 1,100 people stranded in Denver in the morning. So, uh, they had their own challenges, and this is a community, unlike a place like Columbus, where they don't get a lot of snow. In Columbus, they don't even have uh, the, the proper graders if they get a, a, a large dump of snow, whereas a place like Denver, you can bet they have all that stuff going on, but they still struggled with it. So there you go. 1251 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you. What a year Zach Cassian's having. I, to me, you got to find a way to get him, keep him here in Edmonton. I mean, he's really pulled his life together. He plays with McDavid and Dreisaitl. He provides, a, he's fast. He's got more skill than people give him credit for. And I'll be the first to admit I never saw the kind of offensive upside that Zach Cassian has shown basically since, I don't know, January of last year. And I'm going to guess some of you who are really honest with yourself, and you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063, would agree with that, that you did not see Zach being as uh, productive as he's turned out to be given the top six opportunity that he has. Because it's not all just, yeah, but he's playing with McDavid and Settle. A lot of this is Zach, and it's a great story. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. Great place for Christmas parties at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, 
and tailor that Oilers now sent you. And maybe not today, but what about in about six weeks from now? Temperatures are dropping, so it's just about that time to start thinking tropical. Forget about the white snow. Start thinking about white sand. Puerto Vallarta. Jet away with 630 Chad's Jalen Nye in January on an amazing all-inclusive winter holiday tour that includes seven nights at the five-star beachfront Maribel Armory Resort plus parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. On sale now for just $21.95. Book your spot today by reaching out to New West Travel or visiting newwesttravel.com. Again, it'll be Philip Grubauer starting for Colorado. The Oilers... We'll have Miko Koskinen in between the pipes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Matt Benny not available for Edmonton. Uh, more, with all due respect to those two players, the Habs don't have Rant and Landeskog, two of their three best forwards, or Colin Wilson, who's a top nine guy, or Matt Calvert, who's a really competitive, um, useful, uh, middle six forward, and then Eric Johnson on defense. So they got some significant injuries himself. Oilers three and one in this road trip so far. 9-5-1 away from Rogers Place. Edmonton 7-2-2 at home, and they return to Rogers Place Saturday night, a game against the Vancouver Canucks, and still a few tickets, I'm told, left available for that hockey game. Hour number two. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos have made a coaching change. They're going to have a press conference at 2 o'clock, 6.30. Chad Morley Scott and Dave Campbell will have that live for you. We'll go to Morley right around 1.45 for a scene setter. John Shannon at 1.35 today. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey at 105. Right now, though, off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.